right, so you like gremlins. Mm, nah. And Lethal Weapon. Yes. And the Home Alone movies. Oh, yes. And Die Hard. Yes. So let's face it, dude. You like Christmas movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got another Christmas movie for you. It might have come out in May, but this is definitely a Christmas movie. What do you mean? Iron Man 3. It is It is 100% a Christmas movie. Well, they mentioned Christmas like once. They mentioned Christmas the whole movie. We and didn't see any Christmas lights. We saw snow and we saw Christmas setups. What snow? And they had a Christmas carol. And listen, uh, Eb- Ebenezer Scrooge. Christmas carol. <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge meets a little boy and has a change of heart. Come on. Well, I mean, that's fairly close to kind of sort of what happened. Ish. Weirdo. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <sighs> I'm Shay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Night. <laughs> this week on Marvel Movie Night, we watched Iron Man 3. 2013 movie, uh, PG-13, released by Paramount and Disney and Marvel and all of the happy people. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Written by Drew Pierce and directed by Shane Black. Drew Pierce? Drew Pierce. Okay. Uh, But also, like, they gave Drew Pierce the, I mean, he's the guy that did the screenplay, right? But they gave so many uh, of the comic book creators credit that I just wanted to pull that up and reread. Okay. In addition to Drew Pierce and Shane Black uh, for screenplay credits, they credited Stan Lee, Don Heck, Larry Lieber, Jack Kirby, Warren Ellis, and Adi Granov. Um and I take it that's everybody that's ever written an Iron Man comic? No, not everybody, but lots and lots of really classic um, and well-loved writers. Okay. What are you going to do? Wait till she's asleep and put her on it. <laughs> A little fart. And we have some faces for this movie. Faces? Yes. Oh, you mean the people in the movie? Yes. What a weird way to put that, Jeremiah. Well, you know, we've got Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to falter on Don Cheadle. Those are like the top people, right? Okay. You've got Guy Pierce, uh, who for a second I thought you were saying the wrong name. Yeah. He's uh, directed a bunch of movies. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he like married to Madonna or something? I, I wouldn't I don't know. know. Whatever. Um, Rebecca Hall. John Favreau, Ben Kingsley of all people. I would have thought he was more highbrow than this, but okay. Uh, Miguel Ferrer um, from Crossing Jordan. Uh, William Sadler from Shawshank Redemption, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in the Mist. And um, the little guy, the best character arguably in the whole movie, Ty Simpkins, who played Harley. 
He was in Jurassic World, The Whale with Brendan Fraser, a bunch of the Law and Orders, um, Insidious, and Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds. Oh, wow. And, like, not even kidding, a whole bunch more. He was three in War of the Worlds. So that kid's been working his butt off since the beginning. Go ahead. Uh, And he was great in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's going to grow up to be somebody. And that, that's it. Okay. So what do you think they spent? 270. Not even close. 200. What? Yep, 200 even. That surprises me with all the all the explosions and and flying armors. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Opening weekend 174. Okay. Almost made its money back. In the first weekend. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, it grossed 409 domestic and 1.2 billion worldwide. Holy shit. In only 34 weeks. That is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it only, sp- and that, that was only two weeks at number one. What? Holy crap. Yeah. So everybody but me was rushing to get to the theater. What was I watching instead? Yeah, so out the gate, it knocked some movie called Pain and Gain I'd never heard of off oh, the top. Pain and, you know that movie the with The Rock. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, also, 42 was out. 42? Jackie Robinson. Well, I didn't know his name or his, uh, his number. Oz, Great and Powerful was still out. That's uh, the one with the um, guy with the face that doesn't move. Sure. You know, that the, the oh, what's his name? Yep, I know what movie that is. And, that yeah. Um, so, also coming out uh, with this movie was The Great Gatsby. Ugh, trash. Um, and then the week after this... But what didn't bump it until two weeks later was Star Trek Into Darkness, the second J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Oh, you mean the absolute utter garbage? The, the con remake? Yeah. Yeah. We're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, also, hang, uh, Hangover 3 and like Fast and Furious 6 or whatever they called that movie. Whatever. Yeah. So it really had no competition is what you're saying. Well... Uh, Star Trek was some competition. No, Oz that was, was trash. I reject that. Uh, no. Hangover made some money. Not that much. And the Fast franchise, like, people love that friggin' franchise. I don't know what's wrong with them. Whatever, dude. Sure. Trash. Another interesting thing to note is uh, this is the first of the Phase 2 of the Marvel movies. Yeah, I don't. Why? Why would they take the third one in this series and put in? Well, because the they keep them together. The Avengers was the culmination of Phase One, right? They they introduced the characters and assemble the Avengers, and now we're going to move into Phase Two. Okay, well here's the deal. I don't care about their phases. It doesn't make any sense, and it means absolutely nothing to me. So let's just skip that part. It's silly. I other people. This is an Iron Man movie. It goes with the other Iron Man movies. I don't care about other people. I'm not doing this podcast for other people. 
I'm doing this podcast for you. And what I'm telling you is, I don't care. The phases are just a really confusing and annoying way for them to organize their bullshit on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Tell me that's not the most annoying way to organize those movies. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. It is a thing that they have done to to bracket the movies. Yes, well, they should have put, kept that internal. <laughs> uh, it's it's a waste of effort to think about. Okay, so uh, quick impressions. I have hardly any notes on this. Most movies, I've got four notes or four pages of notes. I got one and a half. I like the movie. It was a okay. good movie. Uh, lots of Oh no, not them! And you know, cute little kid and 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 melting uh, ice man's heart and rescues and yeah, a decent bad guy. Uh, the dumb reason to be a bad guy, but okay. The only thing I'm I'm not digging that whole Mandarin name they could have literally it had nothing to do with his character they could have named him anything else that was culturally appropriate yeah if you can pinpoint ben kingsley's culture because he's literally played every ethnicity yeah which isn't it offensive i think i read somewhere that he's uh half indian I I don't know, man. Ben Kingsley played Trevor Slattery, and but that was a terrible character. <laughs> yeah. He his okay. Hold on. Maybe I'm wrong. Ben Kingsley is not his real name. His name is Krishna. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Bamji. Um, he's English. His father was born in Kenya, in Africa, but is of. Indian descent, and his mother was an English actress. Okay. So Ben, so Sir Ben Kingsley can play whoever the fuck he wants to play. Well, no, he can play uh, Indian people, and he can play uh, English people, because that's it. Okay. Well, you know what? Everybody was all fussed about him playing Gandhi, but that wasn't that much of a stretch. No. It's the English accent that throws you off. Yeah. Um. But I didn't, this character was awful. I You couldn't, it was. It was supposed in, to be awful. Internally, yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Internally, in the movie, he was a bad construct. That was not well thought out. Uh, so it makes sense in context, but out of context. It, and I don't get the name. I don't understand why. So, so explain to me the, the. Mandarin, no. The Mandarin, yeah. Uh, in uh, the comic books. Yeah, and so they they mentioned the Mandarin in Iron Man one briefly, uh, but the Mandarin is is one of the oldest enemies of Iron Man in the comics. Like, and was he? I'm talking within the first year of the books. Was he Chinese? He was, or? He was Red China to the max. Like back when, uh, you know, McCarthy era communism bad. Red okay. China. So why, but and why did they? He found a spaceship that had special metals that he used to make 10 rings, each of which had a different power. And that's what made him super. Okay. 
and he was like he considered himself a really above his people he had a castle and he was like warlord ish kind of guy okay uh tony fights him quite a bit okay so tell me then what in the world do you think they were thinking when they gave this uh ben kingsley this part and didn't change his name well one because it is well known that he is a horrible stereotype from the beginning and maybe they were trying to take that horrible stereotype and use the literally turned him into a completely different stereotype with a name that didn't match use the nostalgia behind it and make it make sense as a a mythological creation, a, However, a fake terrorist. While we are rewriting, why didn't they use an Asian character and make him be the bad guy? Why did they... They literally turned him into nothing bullshit and gave a white guy the actual bad guy part in the movie that 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 comes off to me as it whitewashing and uh disrespectful well, at the very least you know how many asian uh actors there are sure. they could have done that sure and we will readdress this in a while when shang chi comes up and i think we'll readdress it in a really good way uh, but shang didn't uh that's the one that's the one that we watched recently that uh, it's not really connected to anything yet. Well, a little bit it for, is. For yeah. me, it wasn't sure. connected because I didn't know any of this stuff yeah. yet. In fact, Ben Kingsley is in that also. They bring him back. Well, I mean, I liked that movie. Yeah. That movie seemed to uh, be an appropriate amount of the right people in those parts. Now, now as far as making the white guy the main bad guy... Advanced Idea Mechanics is a east, east long-established organization of evil sure. in the Marvel Universe. They are on par with The Hand. No, I've never heard of them ever. And they're on par with The Magia. And they're on par with... Uh, okay. But that's, that's not really my point, though. Hydra and them. Sure. That's not my point. Okay. My point is they had a character that they whitewashed and they had every ability to not do that. I don't think that there would have been a way to sensitively do the Mandarin. The Mandarin is a character that really... What do you mean? Of course you can have an Asian bad guy without being racist. Except he's a stereotype. He doesn't have to be. They rewrote the whole thing. They can rewrite it to not be a stereotype. Fair enough. It's really not that hard to not be racist. You just don't do it. Okay. Seriously. And if you have questions, there's an Asian guy in the part and you say, hey, does this come off as shitty to you? And he'll be like, yes, or no, it's fine. I mean, damn. Okay. That's all I'm saying. But And the other problem is... I get the the nostalgia thing, but they were they were taking that stereotype and turning him into a new but socially acceptable yeah. 
a terrorist stereotype. Yeah. And I mean socially acceptable as in uh, the white assholes that live in our country stereotype that's acceptable. Uh, in 2013, hating the Middle East is... But for white people, because <laughs> there are a whole bunch of people in the United States that were getting treated like shit, still do, because of that stereotype. Yeah. And they mm, perpetuated anyway. Not cool. They just traded one for another, and it... it not very intelligent of them. You almost, uh, That's all I'm saying. Most people even don't even notice uh, when the two minutes of hate tells you to hate somebody else. Well, well, yeah, because uh, we could talk about this for hours. If you go to war with somebody, you have to hate them. Otherwise, you're going to feel bad for killing them. So yeah. they have to be terrible people. I mean, I get that. I don't know that everybody gets that that's what's going on. But it is. It's very 1984. and it, But it... It doesn't mean it's not wrong, and it doesn't mean that people shouldn't recognize it and stop that from happening. Sure. That's all. And now that we're in a really happy mood, let's... Uh... <laughs> I, You know, I don't have a lot of notes. There, okay. there are a couple of things. You know what? In the whole of the movie, I liked it enough that the couple of little things that I was like, really, that's dumb, were very minor. Okay. Well, we'll dive in, and, and you'll tell us what they are. Okay. All right. Uh, we get Tony doing a voiceover, talking about how we create our own demons. Uh, I'm not sure that's completely accurate, but sure. Sure. He, he should say he created his own demon. Yeah. Which, um, is, which is true for this movie. And then we get... Uh, a pop song playing over the Marvel intro, which gets stuck in my head way too frequently. What song was it? I'm blue. I'm indeed a good guy. Oh. Yeah. That's not the best um, effort someone has put forth on the radio. I don't <laughs> understand that song at all. I don't, it's so catchy, though. Like it just why does it, it, why does it remind me of that... The guy at the, on the Six Flag commercials. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know it's not the same song, but... I think it's the same time frame. But, but like, it has the same flavor. It's like obnoxious, high, high, uh, fast-tempoed, loud yeah. noise. Uh, so then we flash back to uh, the New Year's Eve uh, of the millennium. Yeah. Uh, Tony's in Bern, Switzerland, uh, hitting on a lady in the, I guess they were at some science fair thing. Science fair. <laughs> Grownups go to conventions. Sure. <laughs> um, Killian slips onto the elevator and is talking to, um, Tony trying to Here's pitch aim at him. I, he was talking to, wasn't he talking to the woman? Tony was talking to the woman. No, yes. I, no, uh, Killian was talking to the woman. He wasn't trying to talk to Tony. He specifically said, uh, no, I'm talking to her. Oh, okay. It, when he was getting on the elevator, he said, no, I'm talking to her. Uh, he was like, oh, of course, Tony, I, yeah, I admire you, but I'm, I'm talking to her. Okay. Uh, Tony, uh, then pranks him and tells him to wait him, wait for him on the roof. 
Here's here's another stereotype though. They've got him with buck teeth and greasy, gross hair. Yeah. And he's awkward and uncomfortable, and you want him to go away. Yeah. Um. And it is amazing how this fairly attractive guy takes it takes two little things. He doesn't take a shower for a couple of days, and they put fake teeth in, and he is gross. Um, they really, especially for these kinds of movies, the fact that they're using a nerdy, gross science guy as a, a trope. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe not the best move. <laughs> I wonder if anybody was offended by this, because I would be. But, you know, as soon as he gets a haircut and washes his hair and fixes his teeth, Pepper Potts is lusting after him. But so he's pitching AIM, which, as I mentioned, is a, a well-established organization. Their or a costume, What is that? That is their costume. It's a hazmat suit. Basically, with a flat top. Uh so when he starts pitching aim, this is what I that's, think. That's very crotch forward. <laughs> uh, with um, like Edwardian, um, oh, what are those called? Uh, not lamb chops, but, uh, oh, shoot, what are they called? The leg of the lamb. Mutton? Mutton. Yeah. Those are mutton chop sleeves. <laughs> um, yeah, if you... You get a chance, listeners. You should Google because that's embarrassing. They're they're hilarious. That's an outfit. Yeah, uh, but Tony gets this guy to wait for him on the roof, and then goes upstairs because to, he says he wants to wet his beak first. Yeah, if you know what I mean. I mean, <sighs> we we know that Tony is a gross dude before he has his little emotional awakening, but. Uh, I'm bad. not excited about this guy being back even for a couple of minutes. Um, he goes upstairs with the with the lady, with Maya. Uh, oh, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? He's he's talking to her and and putting the moves on, and Happy's playing with her plants, which she tells him not to. Mm-hmm. Um. Tony and her go into the bedroom, and right about then, the plant explodes, and Happy comes running in and dives on Tony. Well, you saw the plant regenerating yeah. its limb after he broke it off, right? Yeah, and she mentioned Extremis uh, almost as a throwaway line going in there. Oh, I didn't catch that part? Yeah. Well, all of her lines seem to be throwaway lines because Tony was talking over her. And yeah. trying to stick his tongue down her throat. So she was saying all kinds of things and he wasn't. Until she said something that um, that kind of piqued his interest. And then he got all, you know, sexy time again. And then the explosion happened and all of a sudden he's in problem solving mode. Um, which makes sense. Uh, it makes total sense that's how his brain works. Um, yeah. Because he doesn't want to hear about how great you've done, this amazing invention that you've created. But then when there's a problem in front of him that he can get involved in, he snaps too and his brain starts going. Sure. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, jump to present day. 
uh, Tony's in his workshop uh, injecting himself with what he called micro repeaters. Ah. Listen, I I am learning to not listen to those parts. Sure. Because it still annoys me, so the best thing I can do is just not hear it. Jarvis has prepared him a, a safety briefing for him to ignore. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I don't know why Jarvis bothered. He has to know that he's not going to get listened to. Yeah. I'm sure he's coded to care. <laughs> yeah, who coded if Pepper stuck that coding <laughs> in then? Um, but Tony's now getting ready to launch the, the Mark 42. Was it 42? 42. You sure? Yes. It wasn't 47? Pretty sure he said 42. No, they showed the number. I've got 47 written down. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong. We'll have to watch it again and find out. Oh, no. Um, this is a, this is a cool version of the armor that, like, puts it, like, wherever he is in the world, it finds him and puts yeah. itself on him. Accio suit. Yeah. I don't, because I can't help but be annoyed that he, what, thinks I want the suit and it comes flying at him. Well, he's got those things that he just put in his body, right? Uh huh. And then he makes a certain Vogue pose, <laughs> and because they sense the pose that he's he's in, sure, they okay. know to come at him. Sure. Okay. But I don't know. It just seems like a bad idea. And as I'm saying, this is a bad idea. Uh, while the movie's running, he gets clobbered by his own suit and yeah. he starts breaking everything yeah there are some, some kinks to work out oh yeah you know like the crotch portion of the um of the suit slamming into him yeah yeah you could tell that's the moment where he was like oh we got to make some adjustments <laughs> i love the idea of the suit uh coming in pieces and attaching itself to him but um I don't think that's a there's a real world application for this because I'm just imagining having your fingers angled just like one degree off from the right direction yeah. and then smashing your finger. Well, or in theory, Jarvis sees how the guy how Tony's hand is sure in holding, theory, whatever, and moves the glove to match. This that. is what you've made up in your head that is happening here to it, make it make sense. It's science. My my brain doesn't invent those stories. They're supposed to tell me the story. I'm not supposed to write for them. You know what I mean? With them, whatever. <laughs> and. Jarvis is also pointing out to Tony several times that he needs to take a damn nap. Oh, yeah, because he's been awake for 72 hours. Yeah. And he's starting to act like it. Although he holds up better than you've done. Uh, not sleeping in slightly less amount of time. He's probably better caffeinated. I don't think caffeine can save you from being awake that long. Um... Then the Mandarin comes on the TV. Um, we get our first shot of the Mandarin. Uh, he's he's hijacked the airwaves 
to basically tell America uh, that they're a bunch of assholes. Not inaccurate. Yeah. He's, uh, he calls to mind the butchering of the natives that early Americans did. Yeah. Uh, and is using that to justify attacking uh, wives and children of soldiers while they were out on maneuvers. Except we don't have soldiers' families in Kuwait, do we? I think we do, yeah. Some. Hmm? Not a lot. We don't, but, but we don't have a, we don't have like a, a base there. Yeah. Ali Al-Saleem, yeah. Absolutely we do. That has families on it? I think so. I find that very hard to believe. I mean, they won't even let us go to certain parts of uh, Korea, and they're going to let them go to Kuwait? Yeah. Kuwait's not a war zone. Neither's Korea. Korea's an active war zone. Well, yeah. But. Well, maybe not an active war yeah, zone because we're. Technically, at a ceasefire, but it's a war zone. Sure, but uh, it, they're just as likely to get shot there as you are uh, in New York City. Sure. I mean, unless you're dumb and you jump over the wall. In New York City, I wouldn't jump over any walls. Jeremiah, you're not funny. You know, I'm going to have to look that up because that seems okay. that seems wrong to me. Even I if know, it is wrong? I know if you got orders, I sure as hell would not be going to Kuwait. Yeah. Even if it is wrong, uh, chalk it up to different universe. Oh, sure. Um, we also find out here that uh, they have rebranded War Machine, give him a paint job, and now he is the Iron Patriot. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Well, I just don't like the word Patriot at all because it makes me think of... Um, it makes me think of 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 Proud Boys and and yeah. and domestic terrorism. So we get a couple of snippets, whether it's here or a little bit later. We get a couple of snippets of famous TV personalities commenting on the Iron Patriot. Um, both Bill Maher and more hysterically Joan Rivers <laughs> talking about the new paint job. Yeah, well, I mean, we're a little bit too cynical these days to fall for the uh, Captain America bullshit. Okay. Because it's propaganda, and it's very obviously propaganda. And it's embarrassing at this point. Okay. I mean, this is 2013. I don't, I yeah, but 2013 wasn't that damn long ago. I think this might have been some of the last, uh, one of the last times Joan Rivers was on camera. Oh, no, I don't think so. But um, in any case, uh, they should have just kept his name. Uh, it's a better name. You might as well call him what he is, right? And it sounds intimidating. Don't you want? Don't you want your war machine to sound intimidating and scary? Oh my God, the war machine's coming! Sure. Like, oh no, Captain America. Interestingly enough. Uh, Colonel Rhodes doesn't become the Iron Patriot in the comics until, like, this movie's about to come out. That Boy. is a moniker used by another person wearing a suit. Okay. And you will never, ever guess who the person is that first was the Iron Patriot. Who? 
Norman Osborn. Who's Norman Osborn? The Green Goblin. Oh, I'm shocked. (laughs) How do I care? (laughs) So what? This is good trivia, man. Oh, sure. Good trivia. But don't expect me to be scandalized. I don't like whatever. So Tony meets up with Rhodey in the bar uh, and they're he's giving him shit about the rebrand. Uh, well, because that shit's embarrassing, man. But they're also talking about um, the Mandarin's attacks. And the public knows about three, but there have been nine. So this is... Shit's hey, how'd they get serious. away with not... Um, people not knowing. I'm going to guess S.H.I.E.L.D. covered some shit up. Oh, well, that's fair. I forgot about those people. Yeah. The cleaners. They'll sweep in. Tony's uh, he's signing uh, some art that one of the little kids did in the restaurant. That and I then, thought was a bar. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a bar? It, it was a bar and grill. And kids are allowed to be in there? Yes. Because mm. uh, of the end grill. Oh, sure. Uh, but the kids start saying some stuff about... The events that happened in the Avengers movie. Uh, and Tony starts having a little PTSD. Yeah, well, is it PTSD or is it just a panic disorder? It's not necessarily the same thing. Not necessarily. And he called, I mean, like, Jarvis, Jarvis said calls it was it, a very severe panic attack. Yeah, Jarvis called it an anxiety attack. Let me um, tell you, um, he does it well enough that it was almost a little bit triggery. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but watching somebody else have a panic attack starts to make me feel panicky. Um, and it it was uh, realistic enough to make me a little uncomfortable a couple of times. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good. Um, mm. and he he gets in his suit, which he's parked next to the motorcycles, which is <laughs> I love that. I'm like, who's going to steal it? Nobody. Uh, he gets in his suit and flies off. Well, but he's like, Jarvis, help, I'm dying. Yeah. Which is exactly what panic attacks feel like. And um, and you you feel like you, you need to go home. It's an emergency. I need to escape. It, yeah. Uh, it was pretty accurate and uncomfortable to watch. Uh, so we cut to... Um we cut the Stark Tower. Happy's now the head of security. <laughs> and he is taking shit seriously. He is taking it jaily. He <laughs> I mean, all they needed to do was have him yelling about people walking on the grass, and I'd be like, damn, they wrote that part for you. <laughs> He's fussing at everybody about their security badges and stuff. And I feel like not only is nobody listening, but they're also going to HR and complaining about him. No, that's what Pepper says, that the complaints in HR have had an uptick. In like three, for 300% of an uptick. Um, and he's like, good, that means we're catching the people that are trying to do shady shit. I mean, he's not wrong, <laughs> right? And speaking of HR, he's like, hey, you know what the the biggest vulnerability in HR is? The humans, we need to get them out of there. <laughs> No more Toby. No more Toby. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so Killian, uh, now looking 
much cleaner and better. Yeah. Got uh, his teeth fixed, a haircut, put on a suit. And all of a sudden, he's suave and confident. Yeah. Aim's been good to him. Uh, he's, uh, maybe they moisturize really well under those suits. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Those hazmat suits, maybe they're like full of moisturizer. You just get in the suit and go, moisturize me. Yeah. Like a Doctor Who villain. Mm. She wasn't a villain, was she? I don't know. Uh, anyway, Killian's waiting for Pepper in her, in her office. Uh, Happy does not like him. And really doesn't like his guard dog. Dude's putting off... Well, the guard dog is putting off really bad vibes. But, um... Killian is putting off, like, I could take your woman vibes. Yeah. Well, especially and, with those 3D projector balls he's got. And they get inside of his live brain and he's all like... Yeah. I'm with Happy here. I ha and ha I love how Happy, who... He's not being paid by... Uh, Tony Stark anymore is still loyal to him. Oh, yeah. Apparently more loyal than he is to his boss who actually is paying him. Because <laughs> he's calling Tony and telling on her. No, Tony called him. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Tony called him, uh, and he's like, hey, what's up? And that's when Happy starts ratting. But when Tony starts, like, barking orders, Happy's like, I don't work for you no more. <laughs> I do really... I'm I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of John Favreau, but I really do love Happy's character. Yeah. Uh he's a good dude. And I like that they've got him he's not just some wuss that's a lackey. Yeah. He's actually getting into fights and I mean he's not super, so he he can't necessarily win win, but he's holding his own. I appreciate that. I mean and they keep him around even though they don't really need him there sure he's just a happy presence he's a he's a friend uh, and he's friggin' loyal yeah um yeah so pepper says no to killian's um offers because she says that they're very weaponizable these planes oh yeah because um he's got uh He's got the ability to regrow limbs and change people's DNA. Yeah. He says. Um and yeah, that's the first thing you think of is how can I uh ruin the human condition with this? Yeah. Uh and when he kisses her goodbye, she gets uh and it's just a peck on the cheek, but it was, was an extremely intimate yeah. peck on the cheek. Which I would not have thought could be that intimate, but the way she turned into him when he kissed her, uh, it was very obvious that she was uh, a little warm for his form. Yeah. Which triggered the what the fuck and happy. And yeah. uh, and he decides he's going to tail the, the guard dog. Yep, he took a picture of their license plate so he can do a background check. and Yep, he's on it. Uh, Pepper goes home and finds a two-story bunny rabbit with her name on it. Jeez. Oh, uh, you know, I I like a, a cuddly stuffed teddy bear, 
But if you give me a bear and say it's my present for Christmas or my birthday or something, I'm going to be really disappointed. Even if it's big enough to, like, turn into a home? Even more so. <laughs> because what the hell are you going to do with that? <laughs> um, uh, You know, a stuffed animal is something you give for, oh, I saw it and it was cute and made me think of you. Or, you know, uh, even better, for teenage girls, because adult women aren't necessarily into that. Yeah. Now, if you want to give her one of those, uh, what are those, the little bobblehead thingies or what are the, uh, shit, what are they called? The the big-headed things. I've got the dead pool. The Funko Pop? Yes, Funko Pop. That's what I'm trying to think of. Like, if she's into that kind of stuff, that's different. But she's not, Tony's not getting this for her because she's into giant stuffed animals. He's not the best boyfriend. He saw an ad on uh, while he was cruising for. No, it was cut. He he sought somebody else out to custom make that. Fair enough. Um. Well, she comes in and she has a conversation. Uh. Because you know. You get the, the impression suits, he's not really listening. The suit sitting right there on the couch and they're having a conversation. Uh. I. You know. Really, she should have been like. She should have been suspicious. Let's just say that. Well, it doesn't take her long to realize uh, that's not Tony inside the suit. And when she gets downstairs to the lab, he's doing pull-ups while he was talking to her. Yeah, remote relationshiping. Maybe not the best idea. Yeah, she's uh, understandably pretty upset with this whole thing. Uh, And that's when he confesses to her that... Things haven't been the same since New York. Sure. I mean, well, you would, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you'd expect to be having PTSD yeah. or anxiety or whatever. But, you know, you can't really predict, you know, the uh, the strength of your psyche. Yeah, but there are, there are aliens and gods and he's just a dude in a tin can. Yeah, I could see how that would be overwhelming. Yeah. You went from, I'm now like the most powerful dude, to, uh, there's really nothing I can do, and everything's out to get me. Yeah, he's not even the most powerful dude on his superhero team. Not now. I mean, well, when he was by himself, he was the dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and then they had to bring in the Hulk. Yeah, and <laughs> Thor. <laughs> You know what? Thor doesn't count. I I don't think that you could stand next to Thor as a regular man and compare yourself. Uh, It wouldn't be fair to you. (laughs) He's a god. So then we go to that night. Tony is is having a bad dream. They got his face all sweaty and he's he's struggling with with memories. Yeah. Uh, Pepper tries to wake him up and the suit snatches her up. Yeah, uh, that's a whole new level of PTSD. Yeah. That makes uh, Dr. Yang getting choked out <laughs> look like nothing. Yeah. Um, he's able to shut the suit down and she's safe and nobody got hurt, but uh, she's sleeping on the couch. I can't really blame her. I mean, if you were kicking around like that. Yeah, in the middle of the night, you'd, you'd be sleeping on the couch, not me, but whatever. 
so Happy Tails, the, uh, you know, I never really got the guard dog's name, but we're just going to keep calling him the guard dog. Honey, he's that soldier. Yeah. So anyway, so Happy Tails guard dog to uh, the Chinese theater. The Roman Chinese theater. Yeah. Fairly famous movie theater in, in uh, L.A. Mm. What's the, mm, it's pretty famous. The, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, and dude meets up with uh, another vet. He asks, can you regulate? Um, Which you don't really know what he means until later. Yeah. Um, and, and Happy's like trying to be a spy, but Happy's, Happy's not really a great no. spy. He does manage to get a hold of one of the containers of the uh, medicine, potion, concoction, serum. Serum. Um, but then the... Do you suppose dude was was passing out this drug to homeless vets just to... On the off chance that randomly some of them would blow up and... and unwittingly be terrorist attacks? No, I think these were guys that were in the program. Uh, we see later that they assembled a whole bunch of vets in the program. Yeah, but how many times do you have to take this medicine before it works? Well, it's continually working, right? Right, Like you keep hopping up on it, it makes you strong and makes oh, you heal. I, I don't think that I caught that everybody was having to do it over and over and over again. Um. It keeps you strong. It heals you, right? And then some of the people were exploding. And when those people exploded, they got the Mandarin to do a video and explain the explosions as a terrorist attack. Sure. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like the, the idea that they have to keep taking the medicine over and over again. That's not the impression that I got. Well, I mean... It's almost a super serum, but it's not perfected, right? So you're not making Captain America's, you're you're making addicts. Okay. I'm sure if Tony had fixed their formula for him, it would have been okay. No, oh, yeah, right. Because um, that always works out when you have a super serum. But so Guard Dog catches Happy. Uh, Happy gets tossed around a little bit, and then the vet uh, ODs on this serum and blows up. Did he OD, or did he just take the serum? He took a lot of it. Oh. And then he blew up. So I'm going to say that's an overdose. But one shot's not an overdose. It can be. No. I mean, it wasn't an appropriate They were in regulated... Uh, canisters. He just blew up. He didn't overdose. Um, but happy, happy barely survives the explosion. Uh, and then we cut to another Mandarin video. Um, and this time he's focused on fortune cookies <laughs> and how they're uniquely American. Well, I wouldn't say uniquely American. They well, eat them all over the world. He said uniquely American. Well, he's an idiot. Because they're full of lies. They leave a bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah, sure. It was clever. I mean. Oh, yeah. They've they've got a great writer behind the scenes there. Their little made up 
bad guy lair. I mean, knowing now that this isn't uh, premeditated, it makes that even better. Yeah. Yeah. So after the Mandarin video, we get Tony waking up in Happy's hospital room. He's very concerned. Visibly upset. Um, We find out that Happy enjoys Downton Abbey. (laughs) Um, Oh, and that he's Tony's very best friend. Yeah. And then when Tony comes out, the the reporters are all swarming him stuff, uh, swarming him. uh, And he straight up declares war on the Mandarin. Yeah, I mean, he gets triggered by the uh, reporter asking, why don't we just go kill these guys? Yeah. And you, he, he kind of snaps. You liked the line he said. Oh, yeah. Uh, he said, um, I've decided you've died now. I'm going to come pick up the body. Yeah. It's not an exact quote. It's something to that effect. But Yeah, and he's like, this isn't... A military action. This is a government sanction. Just straight up revenge. Yeah. I mean, I'm with him. And then if you don't like it, here's my address. I'll leave the door open for this you. This maybe wasn't the best plan. Maybe not. This is why you need to have a liaison instead of talking to the press yourself. Because you go off the cuff and shit gets real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he was gonna, if he was going to do that. And that was a plan. That's fine. You go home. You wait with your with your suit. And you keep an eye out. And when the uh, missile flies straight at your house, you see it coming. Yeah. Maybe not the best plan. Maybe not a plan at all. No, not at all. Uh Jarvis has a, a brief on the Mandarin waiting for him when he comes home. I uh, want a Jarvis. Yeah. Why don't I have a Jarvis? Because you're not a billionaire playboy <laughs> philanthropist. But I, I could be. I, I could make that happen. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Genius billionaire playboy hey, philanthropist. Hey, what are you trying to say? Excuse me. You trying to say I'm not smart? Well, I, no, I'm trying to make sure that I... I got all of his qualifications. <laughs> um, the uh, the information on the Mandarin doesn't seem to interest Tony very much, but what does interest him is re-deconstructing, re-analyzing the explosion at the Chinese theater. No, he's, he's reconstructing the scene. Yep. Like on CSI. Yeah, and in that analysis, he... He figures out pretty quickly what's going down. Like he's, wins a bomb, not a bomb, um, and he's he's really, putting it together he, pretty did quick. He, did he figure it out that quickly? I think so. It because I I think I remember him figuring it out in a later scene. Figuring it out more, like finishing it. But he's he's coming to the understanding that the the soldier was the bomb, the vet. Sure. He goes upstairs, and uh, they've got company. Uh, Maya, the the chick he slept with in Burn, shows up. And he's Thirteen like, years ago. Yeah, and he's like, "Wait a minute, you're not the Mandarin." Um. 
but she's uh, she's there and she's adding this weird third wheel to this fight that Tony and Pepper are having about it's time to go. Yeah. Uh, I think because she was trying to keep them there. Maybe, but that seems kind of self-dangerous. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I didn't really leave the movie completely understanding where she was um, in her motivation. Like, was she always on the side of trapping them and making Tony help? Or did she just go with the flow? Well, it it might be that in the original script... Instead of Killian being the big bad, she was. Was this rewritten? Yeah, a little bit. Well, I mean, they could have had a woman be the big bad, and that would have been very exciting. What'd they need that white guy for? Not much. Him being there didn't really add much to the no. uh, the situation. But while they're in the middle of this fight, some missiles start incoming, and we've got a few attack helicopters blowing up Tony and Pepper's home. Uh, When the first missile hits and the explosion throws them back, there is a really cool scene of Tony, like, pointing the Mark 52 at Pepper so it can wrap its... 52? Mark 42 at Pepper so it can wrap itself around her and save her. Yeah, they do the uh, Matrix slow-mo... Um, I just don't know that he really would be that quick thinking and the suit would be that quick to react, but sure. Yeah. It looked cool, so. Mutal, come on. The suit saves her in time. Tony has her rescue uh, Maya, and he's, like, fighting the helicopters uh, naked. Well, not naked, but without his suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He does manage to take out one of the helicopters with a piano. Oh, which broke my heart. Uh, I mean, the whole house is going into the ocean. I know, but it's just, it's insult to injury. Um, Once once Pepper is safe, he calls the suit back to him, uh, which is just barely enough to save him. He takes out another helicopter or so, but he goes down into the water with the house. Um, Jarvis... Out thinks Tony here and has the glove come off of his arm, grab his hand and pull him out from the wreckage. Yeah. So this is one of the things that I didn't like. I, yeah, mm, his his gauntlet pulls him out with what power? They're, each individual piece is rocket yeah, power. But, but wouldn't you expect to see like some... Evidence that there was a motor or, or something moving it, like. Oh, Tony suit is transistor powered. Whatever. <laughs> it's just a little bit convenient. Sure. And ridiculous. It was cool, and Jarvis saved him. Well, that's the difference between you and me. It was convenient and ridiculous. And you think it was cool. And then the, uh, the the suit's ability to fly kicked in. 
and Tony fucked off to Tennessee. Not willingly. No, he passes out. So my question is, uh, we've seen Tony go to the edge of space. Not real space, but where all the billionaires go. On the edge of space. And then they tell everyone they've been to space. (laughs) So my question is, why didn't Tony, as he's making all 47 of his uh, suits, why didn't he make them airtight or watertight or you know with the ability for him to be in any environment so this version of the suits is still in prototype form it's not perfect and it's been damaged yes but he's made so many of them yeah that you'd think that that mod uh modification would have come to him sure because you never know when you might have to dive into the ocean or we've seen him underwater before. So that doesn't yeah. even at the beginning of the Avengers. Yeah. What I'm saying so I don't understand is this is in prototype and it's damaged. Still, it bothered me. That's all. Okay. Um, yeah. So he wakes up in Tennessee and the suits pretty Ab- badly damaged above Knoxville. Yeah. It's where he is. Um, in in a actual real town. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they got a shout out, but there you go. Tony gets out of the suit right in time for uh, it to go into sleep mode. With, oh, was that not one of Jarvis's saddest lines? Yeah. He's like, um, I think I have to sleep now, sir. And it really sounds like you're never going to hear from him again. He's dead. Yeah was sad and then the suit just kind of collapses like it's died <laughs> it was i mean it's incredible our ability to uh to treat technology like it's human it feels human yeah uh tony oh like dummy yeah the dummy who's dead in the house in the bottom of the ocean we watched him slide into the water jay yeah after he lost an arm. Poor dummy. Real sad. It was terrible. I feel worse about the robot than I do some of the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tony drags the suit into town, uh, steals uh, Serape from a wooden statue that is a little inappropriate. A lot inappropriate. Why have we seen so many of those lately? Uh, I don't know. They've been all over the place. Uh and then he calls Pepper, who never answers her goddamn phone. Uh, he left a voicemail in the Star Okay, hold on, though. But, what? like, her phone went into the ocean with the house? Oh, I guess. He left a message in the suit for her. I I will let it go this one time. Just this one time. The, the other time, it was a big what-the-fuck lady. Yeah. But this time, it wasn't her fault. Her phone... And the the house phone are all in the water. Yeah. And the house. Um, so, it's cool. But he leaves a message for her, and then he breaks into some random human's garage. And here's the other thing. She's so busy mourning because she thinks he's dead. She's just checking her goddamn messages and stuff. Come yeah. on. He breaks into some, some random human's garage and starts, like, working with their stuff. Uh, and then a kid comes in to guard the castle. 
the I love the scenes where Tony is bick, picking up bits and pieces and building things. This is this is where he should live yeah. in this little uh, tinkering shop, not that big fancy. You know, everything's perfect and clean. Whatever he needs to be like solving problems. Yeah, ADHD focused. You know, uh, not taking bathroom breaks. And building things out of uh, trash. Uh, yeah, he makes fun of the kid's potato gun. And so the kid fires a round off. And then he's like, and now you're out of ammo. Did he make fun of it? Yeah, he's, well, he didn't make fun, make fun. He's yeah. like, the, the barrel's too wide. and Yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's not making fun. He's helping him do a, de- a better design later. Yeah, but this heart poor kid, man. Uh, his mom's at work. His dad went out for scratchers several Six years, years ago. ago. It's heartbreaking, right? Yeah. They must have won. Oh, it was terrible. Um, and you know, Tony, he he's completely sympathetic. It's like dad's leave. No need to be a pussy about it. <laughs> so rude. Um, but he trades the kid, um, an anti-bullying device, uh, which will come back into play later for some help and a sandwich. Did it come back into play later? Yes. Did I miss that scene? Apparently. What happened? Well, we will talk yeah, about it yeah, when we get there. You'll tell me why did I, I must've been writing something down while I, while it happened. Um, so we jumped to Pepper mourning the loss of Tony because he has been presumed dead. Rude. Uh, yeah. Uh, and she picks up one of the Iron Man helmets and there's something blinking inside. So she puts it on. Oh, yeah. Uh, the message. And she gets the message. And now she doesn't have to mourn him anymore. Yeah, but she tells nobody, apparently. No. Um, but her and Maya are driving down the road. And Maya tells Pepper that uh, Killian might be working for the Mandarin. And everybody in the room said, dun, dun, dun. I'm shocked. Hmm. Um, we go back to another really good scene with, with Tony and, and Arlie. Um, they're, they're bantering and having fun. and um, They are adorable together. Adorable. And Harley gave Tony his sister's limited edition Dora watch. No, so cute. It had a, a a like a jeweled edge and everything. It was so adorable. Um, they go to the site where the first uh, vet exploded. Uh, and they oh, have that was the um the victims' shadows on the walls. Yeah, which is a real thing that happens. Uh, that can you imagine being in a small town and having that happen and then having that as a memorial? It would be haunting. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like in the movie, you absolutely would have a whole mythos around this. Oh, yeah. Um, but the reason that he doesn't have a shadow is because he's the one that blew up. Yeah. Um, which helps Tony figure out that that's what's happening. But all the other victims have shadows and they say that. Because the guy that blew up didn't have a shadow, he went to hell, and the rest of them went to heaven. 
that sounds very realistic, especially for the, oh yeah, uh, you know, the part of the country they're in. Um, but then he gets some information out of Harley about uh, the the guy, the dead guy's mom, and he goes to track her down. As soon as he sits down with her in the bar, she hands him a file, uh, and he's like, "Oh, you're waiting for somebody else, huh?" <laughs> but he tells her that her son was not a murderer; he was a weapon. And uh, well, he says she he didn't commit suicide. Yeah, which was the thing. Yeah, that they thought. Um, and she's she's dealing with this thought for a moment when uh, chick that Tony bumped into on the way into the bar uh, attacks declares herself to be Homeland Security. And then when that explanation isn't good enough, uh, kills the sheriff and starts murdering people left and right. Yeah, great plan. Yeah. Um, We see guard dog outside. uh, And Tony and this lady start fighting. And because she heats up every time she heals... He's able to melt his handcuffs off uh, and then uses that and the grease and some dog tags in a microwave to blow up the restaurant, theoretically killing her. Hmm. Sure. Um, My favorite part. He didn't really need to blow up everything with a microwave because he turned on the gas or he broke the. I don't know where you're getting the oil from. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, cooking no, he oil. pulled the he pulled the um, the gas line out. Okay. Um, but there was already fire in the room, so he could have just pulled the gas line out and run. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And even though she's dead, the other guy, the lap do- the the guard dog, he starts me- melting the legs of a ta- water tower, so that falls and lands. It was a really dumb plan. I don't understand why he did that. It's a, it's one big rush of water. Yeah. Chaos and destruction. I, I don't get it. I mean, it wasn't even that much chaos. Uh, but it gives him the opportunity to snatch up Harley. Um, and he's he's threatening to, to hurt the kid if Tony doesn't come with him. And this is where the anti-bullying device comes in. Oh. Because the kid sets it off in his face. It's a big blinding light uh, and he's able to run away I was I was writing when that half a second happened Uh, but Tony's then able to beat the guy up and get away Uh, and then we get a scene where Tony's getting ready to take off and uh, Harley tries to manipulate him into letting him come or Sticking around, I, I couldn't really tell what he was trying to get at. Go with him. He's like, I think he just wanted to spend more time with with Tony. Yeah, he he wanted to go with him. He he said, "You need me because yeah. he saved Tony's butt. <laughs> you need me. I need to go with you." And he's like, "Oh, I'm so cold. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm a little orphan. Save me." But yeah, Tony's not that soft. Um. Also, where is this child's mother? Is she I, ever off work? I mean, 
this was a matter of, of a, a couple hours. This is all the same shift at the diner. The diner that exploded? No, a different diner. There's You're, two diners. Oh, you think town. that this tiny-ass town in Tennessee, tiny-ass town in Tennessee, has more than one diner? Bullshit. Yeah, so the Mandarin comes on TV again. He says there are two more lessons. It's weird that they're being specific about how many more there are when they're just supposed to be covering up what's... Well, I think they've got a full-on game plan now. Yeah, so the Mandarin breaks back on the TV. First lesson. The first lesson is he's got an oil accountant uh, on the ground at his feet. An accountant for the Exxon stand-in. Was he an accountant? Yeah, that's what he said. Why would he have an accountant, I don't not know. the CEO? I don't know, but if the president doesn't call him right the hell now, uh, he's going to kill the guy. And this problem is already solved. The United States does not negotiate with terrorists. Nope. We don't fucking call them. We don't fucking give them money. We don't nope. give them guns. We don't give them anything. Any capitulation them, at all. They don't exist. Any capitulation at all just prompts more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it legitimizes more them. Yep. Uh, yeah. But okay. the president is like, it's a phone call. He's What's, a pussy. That's what. Right? What's the harm? And as soon as he dials the number and the phone rings, the Mandarin shoots the dude. Of course he does. And now, did he really do that? No. We didn't see the the shot happen. He points the gun down and pulls the trigger, but it's fair good enough. enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um. It's good enough because then he says, well, there's one lesson left. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty good. Was and it? I thought it was If you're terrible. on the side of the terrorists. Yeah, I was going to say. So the Patriot is out fighting bad guys, the Iron Patriot. He busts into one uh, area, and as soon as he goes in, Tony calls. So he's like standing there holding people hostage, talking yeah. to Tony on the phone. He's lucky none of them were actually bad guys. Yeah. Although when one of them starts laughing at his password, he does aim his gun at them. <laughs> that <was> so funny. <laughs> I mean, you're in this, well, what would have been a very tense situation and dude's laughing at how dorky he is. <laughs> oh, that was, that was uh, funny as hell. Yeah. Tony has uh, noticed that the, MIA that was written on the uh, dead guy's paperwork. If you flip the page over, it says AIM and has gotten suspicious. And he yeah, well, he did the same thing I did and assumed it was missing in action. Yeah. Even though that didn't really fit the story, but whatever. He remembered that uh, AIM did the rebuild on the Iron Patriot suit. Yeah. So he needs uh, Rhodey's login and password. You know, War Machine Rocks. Uh, what was it? War Machine Rocks. It wasn't 69. Uh, 68. I think it's the year that... He was born. He was born. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then Tony goes to a Christmas pageant where girls are in bikinis. Like, if... Any beauty pageant didn't have bikinis. It would be the Christmas pageant. Well, you'd think so. But it's indoors, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. Well, America really is gross. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, men. Men in America are gross. Yeah. 
Because they make the junior misses put on bathing suits too, don't they? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a friend that did those, and and if if I remember correctly, well, they you know they, yeah, they do the whole thing. It's. Mm. Uh, sorry, I was revolted for a minute. Back to the movie. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't think they make the toddlers do it. They do make them do the um the talent portion, which. To me, he's always seemed equally as creepy, like Burke for your supper. Yeah. I mean, Sing for your supper. That's at least they're not making them put on bathing suits and then judging their not. bodies. But to be completely fair, I've never watched that, so I don't know if they do. Dear God, I hope not. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, at the Christmas pageant, Tony sneaks into a news van. Uh, so he he can use the satellite uplink to hack into AIM. Uh, and as he's getting ready, Gary comes in. And we remember Gary. We know Gary from other things. Which one's Gary? The one in the news van. The one from... Oh, 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 shit. Yes. You know what? He was so low on the IMDb <laughs> that I didn't see him. Hold on. His name is Adam Pauly. Adam Pauly uh, is the, the, the reporter guy. He's been in, he's in Star Trek Lower Decks, um, DuckTales, and the new Creep Show. Um, he's in, And he's in The Mandalorian. I didn't know that. He's been in a lot of stuff. But I think I, I best know him from Happy Endings. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of where else... Uh, you know, he's been in 83 things. There was something else that he was in that we knew him from first. But he's been a, like a bit part, like goofy dude in a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he's like completely starstruck with Tony. Sure, of course. Um, he's He's modeled his facial hair after him. <laughs> uh, he's got a Tony tattoo. wasn't too bad no i you know i i don't think i would ever do that but you know sure um tony enlists him to help boost the signal uh and then hacks into aim and then okay but to be fair he doesn't actually hack into it well okay roadie's password he borrows the password and and then just is in there okay Rody's password is not going to be good enough to get into their database with their secret experiments. Sure. So he used the access he got to get more extensive access. Okay. But nobody uses the word hack anymore. It's not the 1980s. Apparently not. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he now knows everything that AIM has been doing with Extremis. Uh, he even sees the... Which is, you have to admit, is a really great name. Yeah. it's It sounds mysterious and science-y and also actually indicates what it does. Yeah. Um, we cut to Pepper and Maya in a very fancy-looking hotel room. Um talking about how you start out with good intentions and then uh, people 
change your science to do bad things without your consent. I think it's happened to every good scientist in the history of the world. And Pepper is like super compassionate and uh, just she's a, a wonderful person. She's a better woman than I. Uh, and you can see it like Killian feeling that compassion and feeling a little remorseful about what's about to happen. I saw it on oh. her face. You mean Maya? Maya, yeah, I'm sorry. I saw it on her face. When when Pepper was being compassionate, she's like, oh, I'm about to do this bad thing to you. Because hmm. right about then, the door rings for uh, room service, but it's also Killian coming in to... Yeah, listen, this is why you go get a room at the Red Roof Inn. Yeah. Nobody would ever expect to find you at the Red Roof Inn. That's fair. I mean, if I'm looking for a really rich broad, first place I'm going to go to is the Waldor- Waldorf Astoria or or the Hilton or, you know. Yeah. What they don't know is he had no idea where they were. They He cruised all over town to all the most expensive hotels until he found her. Except he didn't need to know, like, have any idea because Maya told him where they were. Did she, though? Because at what point is she in on it? Apparently from the beginning. But it didn't... But she was risking getting blown up. Yeah. I'm having a hard time understanding exactly what her... Like I said before, what her motivation is or where, where she starts becoming the bad guy here. I think that... I think that AIM has hired her. Right, and she doesn't know the extent of evil that's happening. She just wants to solve the problem. Maybe. And so maybe they told her go to Tony's place, talk to him, try and get him to come, and then they attacked once she was in because he was distracted. Yep. Like they're using her. I don't know. Yeah. So. Shit. He comes into the hotel room. Yeah, he comes into the hotel room, slams. Uh, Pepper up against the wall by her net. Uh, and we find out that uh, Maya's been in on it all along. Uh, meanwhile, Iron Patriot goes to where they think the Mandarin's broadcasts are coming from. Turns out to be a sweatshop. He's like, oh, yeah, you're free if you weren't already. Yeah, I, doesn't that kind of prove the bad guy's point a little bit? A little bit. Like, you're so such a dumb American that you don't even know if the women are free in this country that you're in or, yeah, like, what's the culture? We don't even know. It doesn't matter because we're blowing shit up. No, but it's an ambush anyway because one of the women uh, is... Alleged women. How can you tell? She took off the burqa. Well, I gotta stop taking notes then, because every <laughs> damn time I look down, I miss something. What do you want from me? Nope, I didn't do it. What? What do you want from me? Oh, you asshole! You made me. I did not. Um, yeah. So now they have um, they have Brody captured, and they've got uh Pepper. So things are not looking good. 
Um, Tony's on the phone driving to uh, Florida, uh, and he's working Harley through trying to fix the suit. Uh, Jarvis's speech patterns are a little jacked up. Um, and <laughs> in this conversation, they finish each other's sandwiches. They finish each other's sandwiches. Yes. In this conversation, Tony starts having another panic attack. And Harley's like, Hey, you're a mechanic. Why don't you just build something? And that is enough to trigger Tony's fix the problem. Uh, yeah. Cycle. And he's better. So he goes to Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish it would work for me. Just put me in fix-it mode. Yeah. Um, I don't think sometimes some of those panic attacks, there's nothing that needs to be fixed bad enough that it would help. <laughs> so uh, having cooked up uh, an assault system, <laughs> he, uh, he has I love I love this. It's like you might as well just have the uh, Mission Impossible music going on behind him. Yeah. Um, he's got all kinds of cool toys. Yeah. He's... Oh, and conveniently, it's Christmas time, so that there are, uh, what do you call those? The Christmas tree balls? Ornaments. ornaments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's blinding people with Christmas ornaments that explode and electric- electrocuting them with uh, gloves that he's made. Um, I mean, he's attacking pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he works best when he's in a cave in Afghanistan or, uh, you know, abandoned garage in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> um, he makes it to the Mandarin's inner sanctum. And uh, there are a couple of girls in his bed. So he tucks behind the counter. The the He hides himself Edward. a little bit. And uh, Mandy comes out. Mandy, oh, for Pete's sake, cut it out. Being fairly crude. And Tony points a gun at him and is like, hey, jigs up, bro. And uh, the Mandarin isn't who uh, he thought he was. At first, Tony's confused. And he's like, oh, so you're like a body double? Right. I mean, because that would make sense. Yeah. But no, this isn't a body double. This is this is just an actor. He's a facade. Yep. Uh, and his name is Trevor. Oh my God. Yeah. And he's like, I had a substance abuse problem, and they they found me. And <laughs> so funny. And they gave me more. <laughs> Tony. Tony's like, oh, so they promised to help you uh, get off the drugs? Nope, they gave me more. <laughs> He's like nodding off in the middle of the interrogation. Yeah, dude, is he that high or does he have <laughs> narcolepsy on top of it? I think he's just that fucked up constantly. <laughs> How, it's a wonder he can even act. I just can't believe that's Ben, Sir Ben Kingsley yeah, playing that part. That's awesome. Oh, it's so much, it's so below him. But so this is where all of the pieces click together for Tony, and this is just a a cover story um, for the bigger bad that's happening. And right when he's got it all figured out, uh, guard dog pops up behind him and bops him on the back of the head. Yeah. 
And so now Tony is captured too. He wakes up to Maya questioning him. Tied to... Uh, it was a bed. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh, like, it made me think of those um, institutional beds they have uh, in insane asylums. Um where the springs are attached to the bed. Um, and they just stood it up. I mean, I was thinking that makes a really good. Um, not even a, yeah, basically. Um, convenient. Yeah. Uh, Tony takes an interesting tack trying to win her over to his side. Um, he calls her soulless and then says, let me go. Um, okay. <laughs> Doesn't work, but it was worth a shot, I guess. I mean, I don't think that he, I don't think he was genuinely trying to get her to just let him go. I, I think <laughs> he's just, I think he's a lot like me and that his first reaction to bad situations is to make a joke out of it. Because what the fuck else are you going to do, right? <laughs> you might as well laugh about it a little bit. Um, it, You know, it helps cope. Yeah, so uh, enter uh, Killian, who explains to Tony that Tony's going to help because they've injected Pepper with Extremis. Uh, and if Tony doesn't help figure out how to stabilize it, she's probably dead. Um, yeah, but here's the thing. If she's not dead now and then she never gets another dose of that stuff, she's fine. Probably, yeah. I mean, that's the way you read the situation where you have to keep taking it all the time. Well, some of the working. people, it it kills their first injection, and some people, it uh, it has to build up, and too much of it kills them. I don't know. I This is uh, apparently a, a very loved story arc Well, that I haven't read yet. But my point being, she's not in danger of blowing up right now. Yeah. Um. So, so Maya, I guess, has a change of heart and threatens to inject herself. Well, because he's about to get ready to uh, start injuring Tony. Yeah. And torturing him. Uh, she threatens to inject herself with a lethal, lethal dose if Killian doesn't free Tony. And so Killian shoots her. Shoot the hostage. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, if he's got Tony, he doesn't need her. I feel like she should have realized that. It's fair. She thought she had more power than she did. So, uh, the, the minions are working to get uh, into the Patriot armor. Uh, they're heating it up and beating on it. And Rhodey's in there. Which is dumb because they're going to ruin it. Yeah. Rhodey's in there uh, suffering a little bit. but <laughs> Sweating it out. Yeah. Poor dude. Like holding his ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For a guy who's not super at all, he's doing a pretty damn good job of, of taking it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to continue to like him for the next little while. I don't like it when you say stuff like that. You have to quit doing that because you're hinting at the idea that later I'm going to hate his guts for some reason. Oh, I don't know about that. But that's what it sounds like when you say it that uh, way. I don't think so. I think Rhodey's a good guy. Um, 
Yeah, so then we cut back to Tony. He's got two guards, and the door watch starts uh, beeping. And uh, Tony's like, hey, uh, you want to be careful with that? I, for some reason, I didn't realize. I'm just now realizing that that was going off to let him know when the suit was powered up. Yeah. While we were watching the movie, I thought that the watch was rigged to blow up. Because I didn't think there was even remotely the possibility that that suit would somehow know that he was calling it from 800 and how many? 832 miles away? Yeah. Because that's just so far-fetched. It's completely unrealistic. So I thought his, the, yeah, no. Well, now I know. Yeah. The suit's charged up now, and somehow you you make the pose. Heisman Trophy. <laughs> and then it's going to come flying at you. But it's a, how fast does that suit fly? 800, <coughs> even if it goes 800 miles an hour, it's going to take a fucking hour to get there. Yeah. So bull shit. Yeah. Bullshit. This is why I get upset. Yeah. It's complete and total bullshit. That suit and its little bits and pieces are not going faster than the speed of light. Um, yeah, but so he starts counting down, thinking that the suit's going to get there quicker than it is. Apparently, he, he didn't do the math right on that one. Um, and the guys start uh, start making fun of his countdowns. And right about the time they're... <laughs> does it like six times and they're like whatever man right about the time that they're about to go shut him up the suit starts showing up pieces of it anyway because uh, the rest of it was locked in the burn um, we get a partial we get a we get a minion fight where Tony's fighting a bunch of the minions with like two or three pieces of the suit that was pretty funny it was I, the bouncing around and it was it was listen i like my heroes to be human yeah and with only part of the suit he's vulnerable and it's awkward because it, it's not perfectly balanced and a lot of improv yeah meanwhile uh they finally get rody to come out of the suit and he comes out swinging uh which I also thought was admirable when yeah. it popped open. He's like, all right, let's go. That was a very classic comic book punch. Yeah. That jump out and put all of your weight into your uh, downward punch. Yeah. It doesn't get him very far, but again, no, but it looked cool. Valiant roadie. Um, you gotta, you gotta try. Even if you know you're going to fail, you got to at least get a couple of kicks in. Yeah. Aim ends up with the Patriot suit. Um, and then as uh, as Tony is is getting out of the fight, uh, Rhodey is also escaping, and they catch up to each other. Um, so uh, Tony introduces uh, Colonel Rhodes to uh, the Mandarin, who is just fucking hilarious. Mm. I mean, he's a farce. That yeah. that character is a farce. And it's funny. I think it's embarrassing, but sure. Sure. Um, they steal his boat, the Mandarin's boat. No, they don't steal it. They ask him for it. 
And they ask him where it is. Well, and then he told them. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, on the boat, they call the vice president to tell him what's up. Um, and this is where we find out that the vice president is in on it. Big shock. Yeah. So uh, in the in the Iron Patriot suit, a uh, dude starts killing people left and right on Air Force One. Did you see him walking down those steps, though, all wobbly? No. Oh, he was, when he first put the suit on, he was all, uh, Oh, well, that's cool. It was funny. There's a pretty good fight up there. Tony, Tony finally shows up uh, in the suit, and uh, he's able to, to kill the bad guy. And then realizes that a bunch of people have fallen out of Air Force One. And so he jumps out to save them. And I liked this scene, this falling from the yeah. sky. He's like, has, it, have it, has everybody ever played Barrel of Monkeys? Yeah, oh, because Jarvis says he can only carry four people. Yeah, and there's 14 of them falling. 13. There's 13. Okay. Well, but Jarvis is doing the math on how many can you hold and fly. Yeah. Except Tony just needs to grab them and slow them down so they're not at terminal velocity when they hit the water. Yep. So they don't die. Yeah. Um, It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Everybody links arms and, and uh, he said something about electrocuting her hand so she can't open it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so she doesn't accidentally drop the guy. Yeah, but that's weird. <laughs> It was weird. Yeah. Um, but he but, saves them all. But also, it was hilarious. They swoop by somebody's window, and there's, like, just people draping off of him. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a, a human garland. Uh, but he's able to save them all and drop them in the water safely. And they're all swimming and cheering, some <laughs> of them in uniform. And it's really moving moment. And he's like, yes, we all did it together. Go us. Rah, rah, team. And then he comes up over the bridge and gets smacked by a Mack truck. Oh, dude. And When are movies going to stop doing that? Fortunately, Tony wasn't in the suit. Yeah, no, they got me. I should have known uh, Chekhov's Iron Man suit. Yeah. Uh, I should have I known he wasn't in there when he got smacked, but I still audibly gasped. Um, so then Tony tells Jarvis to initiate the uh, the house party protocol. House party protocol. House party protocol. What are you talking about? Uh, that's what he says. We get a a scene of the like a vault opening up underwater, uh, and then we cut to Killian, who is uh, continuing to to test his drugs on Pepper. Um. Who tells him that it doesn't matter what he does to her. Tony's not going to help him. Yeah, I think she underestimates Tony's stupidity. Yeah. Um, and then this is when the Iron Patriot suit shows up and drops the president off. Um, and we find out that they're going to publicly assassinate the president. Uh they did a really good job of um, making it look like he was involuntarily in the suit. Yeah. 
when it opens, he just like collapses out of it. Like it looked. I mean, I'm pretty impressed with the the way they do these suits. It looks real. Um, a lot. Killian says that the excuse he's going to use is the basically the Exxon Valdez spill, right? Yeah, but that's not what they said. They use a they they, they rename the company to protect the guilty, but uh, the Exxon Valdez spill. Uh, but he's like, that's Which not. Didn't re- that happen in like the early '90s or something? Sure, that was a long time ago. So like, that's not really why I'm killing you. I'm killing you so the vice president can take over and so I can have the president in my pocket. Uh, but it plays good on camera, so that's why we're going to tell people we're killing you. I mean, I guess, except it's it's not that president's fault. This, it can, I mean, they're kind of jokingly playing on Exxon Mobil, but yeah. it, but that happened so long ago that can't be the actual one. There's got to be another spill they're referencing here. It's possible, or. The comic books were written far enough ago that that was still... Yeah, but they're going to change the references up. So Tony and, and Rhodey board the boat, and they're they're doing a little bit of gunfight. But really, things don't kick off until the, the suits show up, like all 40-plus of them. Yeah, feels pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't see what all of them were, but one of them had jackhammer hands. Yeah. Like Edward Jackhammer hand suit. There was one that was just like designed to be a brace. Um, I didn't catch that one. Yeah. Tony's suits are. I mean, some of them are very specific purpose. and Yeah. So apparently the house party protocol is all the suits show up and start kicking ass. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, he tells Jarvis to zero in on anybody with a, a heat signature that matches the extremis and execute with extreme prejudice. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, and so we get, I mean, we get a pretty fun fight going on. This whole next 10, 15 minutes of the movie is just a, a battle royale between the suits and the, the minions. Um, Rhodey's able to rescue the president and regain his suit. Um, Tony ends up going up to find Pepper, who's pinned down under some uh, some rubble. He tries to save her, and about then, uh, Killian pops up with his melty hand and attacks <laughs> Tony. <laughs> melty hand. I mean, sure. His exothermic hand. Okay. Um, and, I mean, what I really like about this this fight scene is that there is so much going on at once that the, the battlefield is just dynamic and changing every second. This These guys are fighting each other, and it's wrecking stuff, which is causing stuff over here to, to fall and tumble, and it... It's just a really dynamic battlefield. My problem is there's so much going on that I can't really focus on any of it. So I didn't catch anything going on in the background. Oh. Because it, it's just, it was too much. It was a really, uh, really involved scene. Yeah, so Pepper's pinned and Tony's trying to reach her. He's not got a suit on. 
Um, and he's like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta jump. I'll, I'll, I promise, I'll catch you. It'll be okay." If she had jumped, that might have worked. Yeah, it, with just a little bit of momentum. Although I don't know how she was gonna jump because she was like pinned in. She wasn't really pinned in at that point. She was dangling. Okay. But you know, she wasn't like trapped. She could have wiggled and moved. So she gets jarred loose. And Tony doesn't catch her, and she falls. He misses her by, like, such a small amount. Yeah. Way to go, Tony. Pepper Potts falls 200 feet into a flaming inferno. Yeah, half a second, I was like, oh, shit, they fucking killed Pepper. They killed Pepper Potts. And then as I'm writing it down in the notebook, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. She's been pumped through that, full of that stuff. Oh, you don't think Pepper's dead? So that fire isn't going to melt her. Okay. Um, yeah. So then Tony, who thinks, who does think Pepper is dead, uh, he, he gets his game face on and he goes to fight and Killian. Um, and he goes through like four or five suits that put themselves on him so he can keep up the fight. And Killian is kicking his ass. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when you can burn so hot that you're melting metal, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. You know, because Iron Man's metal. <laughs> uh, Tony puts the Mark Forty Two suit onto Killian. It all forms on top of him, and then he's like, "Blow it!" And even that isn't enough to kill the fucking dude. Well, yeah, because it's still just fire. So they're on the on the deck of the ship. And Killian's coming at Tony, and this is where we find out that Pepper's okay, because she clubs Killian with a pipe. That was fucking hilarious. He's all, I am the Mandarin, and then smack, and he is out of the goddamn screen. Yeah. Just gone. As gone as Tony was when he got hit by the semi. Um, But then a suit shows up and is targeting Pepper. Uh, so she basically flames on and jumps up and crushes the suit and uses part of it to then kill Killian. Her reaction to her, herself doing that was hilarious though. To go, that was violent. (laughs) And then she tells Tony, I, I I understand why you, uh, why you don't want to give up the suit. Yeah. Cause that (laughs) feels good, man. (laughs) She was just fucking shit up. Um, Tony initiates, now that everybody's, all the bad guys are taken care of, Tony initiates the clean slate protocol, uh, which means that all of his suits are flying into the air and blowing themselves up. It looks like Christmas fireworks. Christmas fireworks. Um, which is a really good Christmas present. Yeah, and then we get a bunch of rapid-fire wrap-up. Uh, we get a quick scene where the vice president's in handcuffs. Trevor is also in handcuffs. Um, we see... Should he be, though? Yeah, he was He was working with the terrorist organization, so yes, he okay. should go to jail. I guess. Yeah. Um... Pepper is is all fixed. Tony figured it out and saved her. 
and then went ahead and had the surgery to pull the shrapnel away from his heart. Mm-hmm. And why didn't he do that before? Uh, Happy wakes up, enjoys some uh, Downton Abbey, and hits on his nurse, which... He didn't hit on her. He just stares at her boobs. Um, we get a scene where, where Harley gets some toys from uh, Tony. You mean a whole new little lab? And a, a Mark II potato gun. <laughs> that was so cute. And his own version of Dummy. It was really adorable. Yeah. Um, Tony tosses the now unnecessary little arc reactor into the ocean. Which, again, uh, I know I said this a minute ago or while we were watching the movie, but he shouldn't be throwing any of his tech anywhere. No. Uh, his tech all needs to have, like, self-destruct mode. Yeah. Uh, and this feels like Iron Man is done. But he ends the movie saying that he is Iron Man. Well, and he fished Dummy out of the water and has him on a trailer. Yeah, which is sweet. Yeah, well, because Dummy is like a little puppy dog. Yeah. Um, so we know that there's a lab in the future. Yep. Uh, and then we go to the after credit scene. Which was hardly worth waiting for you to fast forward through the credits. <laughs> it starts out as a voiceover, but it cuts into Tony. Um, and he's he's talking, uh, continuing the story. It turns out that this entire movie has been him telling this story to one Mr. Bruce Banner. Who fell asleep around about the time that Killian got on the elevator. Yeah. And Bruce tells him, I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> Do you think Tony would have cared if he had known that in the first place? No. 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 But he doesn't have the temperament. Mm. No. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. And that is Iron Man 3. I mean, there's not a lot to discuss because it was a good movie. Is that right? Well, what was the best part of the movie? I don't know. I get so wrapped up in watching the movie that I forget to pay attention to what the best part is. <laughs> um, I like the the kid and Tony together. I think I think that was my favorite part of the movie. Okay. I like the different parts of them interacting. The kid was adorable and clever. Okay. Yeah. Not the only time we'll see this kid in the MCU. I noticed. He's in a couple more movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny that his name is Harley. Yeah. They had to have their own Harley. They could just couldn't stand it. <laughs> so what was the worst part of the movie? I'm thinking. Because it was a pretty solid movie. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to belabor the concept of the Mandarin as the worst part of the movie. Because I think the way they did the Mandarin for this movie was actually okay. Mm, I disagree. Um, I like him being a a created figurehead. Oh, well, yeah, that part's fine. Uh, it's, it's the rest of it. Definitely part, better than what I've read from the 1960s comics. Well, yeah, but you can't... <sighs> 
Mm. Those are my two experiences with the Mandarin. Yeah, but still. Um. So I, I guess the worst part of the movie for me is Maya's confusing motivations. Oh yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I because I, I I'm still struggling to figure out her motivations throughout the movie. Or even like, do we know that she was intending to be a bad guy? Or was she a good guy who got roped into doing some bad stuff a couple of times and then rethought it? Because she did rethink. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I, you're I right. That, used, that was confusing. They could have written that better. I could have used some clarification from her. Uh, a little bit of conversation between her and dude about, yeah. you know. like No, I told we've you gone I, too far. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now we have to put it on the list. Put it on the marble list. And I've been thinking about this since we finished the movie. I. Uh, well, let me look. Um. I think that it should stay with its Iron Man brothers. But is it better than the other two Iron Man movies? Okay, so you're saying not better than Avengers, but definitely better than Captain America. Uh, Why are you... Yes, better than Captain America. I hate Captain America. We liked. No, we like that movie, but I don't like him as a concept. (laughs) Okay. Listen, he either needs to be. He needs to be. The Avengers is is your baby. The X Men First Class is your baby. I well, I don't think that this movie was objectively better than the Avengers. The Avengers was bigger. And better, and more characters, and more fights, and more awesome. Which is why my question to you was, it needs to be with its Iron Man brothers. Is it better or worse than them? Or in the middle? Because you got to look at storyline, special effects. I feel like it was a slightly more mature storyline. Yeah, I do too. And Um, and he had... uh, yeah, you know, I think I think it might have it, it's better than both of the Iron Man movies. Okay. With the mature storyline, he's dealing with like human emotions he's struggling with. Yeah, I don't Their relationship is more realistic now. Sure. I don't think you get this movie completely unless you've seen well, obviously. at least the first one like Babe, it's number it's, 3. It's, it's standing on those to be as good as it is. Well, but that's not the point. No, I got you. So we're putting Iron Man 3 at 4 of 29. Sure. Because it is definitely up there. I'm definitely going to be watching the Iron Man movies back to back. Okay. Like the next time you leave, maybe. Okay. And putting Which them all, all together. All three of them? Um, okay. 
I I just I like his sarcasm and his personality. Tony Stark once he stops being like a rich asshole. Yeah, Tony Tony Stark really really suits you. That's such a subtle pun. I don't know if people are going to hear that. Yeah. Um and I don't hate Tony. He's he's not my like he's not Okay, listen. Steve Rogers. He's Marvel's Batman, but is better than Batman could ever possibly hope to be. Because when I watch Batman, I'm rooting for the bad guy. But but Tony isn't really a vigilante. No. It's it's it, he doesn't have that same. Well, because he's not doing street crime, he's fighting big bets. Yeah. Uh, and that's the difference between like a superhero and a vigilante. Yeah. Well, Batman's just straight up a vigilante. Um. I mean, and so is Spider-Man. The, the other thing is, is because of how they built the MCU, Tony Stark is the is really the axis of the first three phases of the MCU up until Endgame, and really even a couple of movies after. All they're talking about is the repercussions of Endgame. Uh, so Tony's really the axis that the MCU revolves around. He's he's the heart. I guess. Whatever. Uh, him I know, and, well, I mean, there have been plenty of movies without him, so I don't him see and how that's possible. A little bit Captain America, but... I No. No. Okay. I don't like him. I, I've rechanged my mind. <laughs> well, Once I saw him interacting with other people, I started hating him again. You don't have to deal with either of them next week. What are we watching next week? The Wolverine. Oh, is this the one where he's like getting kind of old? This is the one where he's in Japan. That means nothing to me. Tell me something else. Uh, there's a lot of samurai themes. <laughs> Jeremiah, be helpful. Uh, we meet his, the love of his life. No. Yeah. The love of his life is a chick on the cat in the cabin. No, that was just once. Silver Fox was just one of his ladies. Like, oh, for Pete's sake. Mariko is. Okay, so what you're saying is I haven't seen this movie because none of this sounds familiar. Samurais and girlfriends and. Yeah, so. Wolverine, which movie is it where he's sleeping in his limo and the and there's a little girl? That's. Logan. Oh, okay. Well, that's the one I like. <laughs> yes. That's the one I actually remember. Yeah. Well, it's no wonder this shit didn't make any sense because I, I, I'm watching them intermittently. Yeah. So the, the blurb for the Wolverine is that he comes to Japan to meet an old friend whose life he saved years ago and gets embroiled in a conspiracy involving Yakuza and mutants. Not the Yakuza again. Yakuza. Is that the only daggum group of gangsters they've got? Is just the Yakuza? Do they not have rivals? <laughs> there are plenty of rivals, but... I know, but that's like the one you hear about yeah. all the time. Yeah, so there'll be that movie we'll watch next week. Okay, but we like Wolverine, though. 
I like Hugh Jackman. I don't think I remember liking this movie very much. Well, I have to say, though, after watching three Iron Man movies, I think that currently Iron Man is my dude. I I like Wolverine, but I like Wolverine and Logan because Wolverine and Logan is more of a person. Yeah. Um, I like the movies where you get to know them as a human as well as a hero. Sure. Where they are fallible and, you know, not perfect. So, okay. Well, mm-hmm. um, and then we're, of course, starting, um, the TV show so that we can... Yeah, uh, gotta throw that in there too. We, we can mention that, uh, not next week, but the week after, we will be discussing the first season of Agents of Shield. This is twenty-two hours uh, of TV, so we're starting it early because mm-hmm. obviously we can't watch that in one night. So for those of you who are brave enough to watch along with us, plan accordingly. Yeah, well, I mean, if you weren't such a binge-watching wuss, we could totally get this done in one day. Sure. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be quality. It would be quantity. But we could knock well, the, it out. I mean, the podcast would be quality. Just, I mean, you can't have quality in watching. <laughs> I mean, I've got to take good notes. Oh, well, I mean, that's fair. I mean, but we're not... Um, we're not doing a run through on the TV show. No, no, no. We're gonna. Good God, that would be forever. We're gonna do it much like we did Blade, where we're gonna talk about. Well, we're gonna follow the same format we followed for the Blade TV show. You're such a stickler. People like formats. Please, people, tell Stacy that you like formats. What if they don't like formats? Then don't tell her anything because I'm gonna. <laughs> What if they just like Willy Nilly? People I mean, like Willie Nelson, not Willy Nilly. You're funny. Willie Vanilli? Oy. No? Uh, how come you laugh when you make those jokes? Because mine are funny. <gasps> Bite me, asshole. <laughs> yeah, okay. So join us for more dad jokes next week. On Marvel Movie Night. Yeah.